Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Tyson Wooten of Northlight Builders. Tyson and his wife, Jillian, own and operate Northlight Builders, which is a design-build remodeling company in southwestern Washington. Tyson and Jill own two Dogo Argentinos and both went globetrotting in their 20s, only to wind up a handful of miles from where they both grew up. Now for my conversation with Tyson Wooten. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to get started, but as always, we want to give some context, tell the people who you are, where you're from, what the company name is, all that good stuff. Sure. So my name is Tyson Wooten. I own a company called Northlight Builders. We're in Clark County, Washington, Pacific Northwest, kind of Southwest Washington State. And we focus exclusively on design build remodels. Sweet deal. Yeah, good good part of the country. Actually, I grew up there until about fourth grade. I mean, Seattle area, but Pacific Northwest and, and, and moved. But I guess maybe take us back to the beginning. When did you start the company and kind of what, what prompted you to get everything going? Sure. The beginning of this company was six or seven years ago. My wife and I got married and I'm just a terrible employee. So we knew I was unhireable. <laughs> so, you know. Many of us are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The only person that's going to hire me is me. So we figured the best way to do that would be start a company. I've been in the trades for 18 years. And so it was, it made the most sense to go that direction. Obviously, I started in finished work. So doing tile and hardwood and wood trim, things like that. And did that with the same journeyman for 12 of those 18 years. I mean, yeah, we worked together for a really long time. Like I joke with the guys about we, we were psychic because he, He'd be on his knees and working on some floor or something. And I would look and know exactly what he needed. And I'd go have it and hand it to him before he knew. And same thing when we were switched. So yeah, it was a lot of fun to work that way and develop a good relationship. But yeah, then when Jill and I started this company, it started as just a finished work company. We were working with a couple of builders in the area and started getting a lot of phone calls for remodel projects. And wasn't something I was super interested in, in terms of being the finished guy for a remodel project, because we saw that there were a lot of remodel contractors who were really flaky. I mean, or they, we got a ton of calls for, hey, what's your pricing so that they could price out a job and then we'd never hear back from them. So it was costing us a lot of work. And I kind of went, hey, there's there's a need here. Like there's some, if there were some consistency in this industry, like somebody could make a lot of money. So we took on a remodel job that I was super underqualified to do, like had no business. Fortunately, I had a, a guy that my neighbor actually, we I talked to him one day, like, hey, so you're you're a builder, aren't you? Like, what, what kind of work do you do? And we went back and forth a little bit. And I realized, okay, he can do everything. He he knows it. He can run this project. I can focus on on keeping the customer happy, getting the material and doing that kind of thing. And took on what's what I thought. I literally thought I was going to look at a hardwood job. Like, I'm gonna go look at a little <laughs> bit of hardwood in a kitchen or something. 
And the homeowner starts out with like, okay, so we're going to remove all these walls. And I went, you know, in, in my head, I'm going, oh shit, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. So I followed along, you know, poker face and everything. And we came home and told my wife about it. I'm like, okay, so here's what he wants. I think we can swing this. We just need it. We need a couple things in place. Went and talked to my neighbor. He was like, sure, I'm in. And took it over, got it done. I think we were four days over schedule on our very first job, which was just insane. And from there kind of went, okay, I think we can do this. So we started hunting for those kind of jobs. And then the builder I was working for the most found out I was doing remodels. And he said, Hey, we get a ton of these requests. We hate doing it. Like they're, they're new home builders. They're great at that. So they said, can we send you this stuff? And I said, fantastic. I don't ever want to build a house. So I'm going to send you all that work. You send me all this work. It's symbiotic. You know, we're happy with it. And yeah, it, that's that's where the remodel portion of our company started. And that was all of a year into being married. So my wife and I have been married for as long as we've had the company and she works full time in the business also. So she's she's started as bookkeeping because we had eight receipts a month to categorize. <laughs> and then that kind of morphed into marketing and sales. And now she focuses heavily on working with like Nair, our local Nary chapter and she does BNI. So she's kind of out there making relationships, doing she wants to be around people. And that's where that's where she thrives. So she she does that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's awesome. Now I got all kinds of questions. So, <laughs> uh, so, so first, I think maybe an observation, but I'm also interested to hear your commentary. As you were describing the first remodel project, you go into the home, you think it was just a simple hardwood job and then let's blow out these walls. Let's do all this. And you said poker face. And I was thinking, gosh, how many entrepreneurs? Because I, I had flashbacks to some early years where I'm going, you, you take on something where it pushes you out of your comfort zone, right? You're like, I've never done this before, but I know this is the right direction. And so I need the opportunity and it's right here in front of me. And so you go get it. And I feel like the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't is like, is almost the intent, right? Like you were going to make sure this went well and you were going to figure it out and, and get there. But you talked about kind of like the other guys that would call you for a quote and then never get back into their super flaky. Well, that's probably how their get jobs get delivered too. And they end up not making it. So I don't know if it, if you felt like an imposter or like, or something else, or, or did you feel like, ah, I'm just going to make it happen no matter what. I largely felt I'm going to make this happen no matter what. Cause once I commit to something, I take it very seriously. And so yeah. it was, there was definitely I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do with, you know, if I remove that wall, is this floor, second floor coming down on top of me? And so <laughs> there was a lot of learning in situ that I did, but we actually, in order to apply some positive pressure to the whole situation, we promised the customer and in our contract, we had put a hundred dollar refund for every day over schedule we are. Hmm. And I told the guy, there were two guys, like, it's not like I had a crew of 30 people. It was me and two other guys. It was my, my first apprentice and then my neighbor. And all kind of running around doing this thing. And I said, we're, we're going to do hundred dollars a day. So we've got to hit schedule. And like I said, we were four, I believe it was four days. It might've been five days over schedule. And so at the end of that job, I had to write that customer a $500 check and I turned around and went, okay, that went great. Let's never do that again. Like yeah. let's, let's <laughs> go for zero days, you know, over schedule. And yeah, but it, I a hundred percent went into it with the mentality of we're, I'm promising I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this hell or high water. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's so, so cool. And then now I want to dig into like you and your wife, like working together. It sounds like all of this kind of like happened at the same time. You got married and you started the business and you've both been kind of working on it. Like, I guess let's start with just like, what's that dynamic been like? Because I know I don't have the same scenario, but my wife and I play a lot of doubles volleyball and we'll bump into other couples. And they're always like, 
one is playing and one is not, or they're on different teams. They're like, I could never do that. I could never play, you know? And so this is a whole nother level. This is like all, all it. So I'm just curious, like what that's been like, and maybe just some general observations on like challenges that you have to work through or like super rewarding parts of, you know, working with your spouse. Sure. I mean, it's definitely challenging for sure. It's, it's because we're, we're together 24 seven. So it's not like, you know, you come home at night and see your wife for a few hours and go to bed or whatever. We're together 24 seven and I'm the visionary part of the company. I've, I've got the big dreams. I, I see where I wanted to go. I know exactly how I want things to look. And then Jill is hundred percent relational. She wants to be friends with the customers. She wants to be friends with our subcontractors, with trade partners. And they all love her. I mean, to a man, they all love her. And there, there's been some headbutting in terms of, of big picture. I'm too big picture and she's too, too detail oriented. So like, there's no one in the middle. There's yeah, no one to say, okay, yeah. so here's your big idea. Here's your task you need to do. Let's, let's figure out how to apply the task to the big picture and get where we're going. So we've had to learn that, which has been, I mean, tough, but when it, when it plays out, it's very rewarding. It's awesome to, to have somebody who's, I know, got my back hundred percent of the time. And, and I mean, this is weird to say, but in construction, obviously women are probably not taking it seriously. So I've had to go onto a few jobs and say, what, you know, what's the problem here? And then the sheetrocker, whoever it is, will say, well, that, that woman you had working for you, I said, yeah, my wife, go on. And you see the whole demeanor change. Oh yeah. And I'm like, look, if she's talking, I'm talking. So whatever she says, I'm just going to come back that up. I'm not going to contradict her. And we've actually applied that to all of our employees as, as we've hired more people. And I've had to tell subcontractors who tried to circumvent employees they don't like, or they, they, you know, something, something comes up and they think they should get some other different treatment. I've said, well, what did, you know, what did Josh say? What did Carrie say? Well, if they're talking, I'm talking that most people have realized that's kind of how it goes, but especially with having to listen to a woman in construction, there are some men who hate that. And I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That could take us down a whole nother rabbit trail, but I think a lot of men actually struggle with powerful women. It's not, you don't see it as often or it hasn't been, you know, yeah, it just doesn't come up or maybe that isn't the way they were raised or any number of things. And so it's new and it's different. And, uh, maybe sometimes intimidating, but uh, anyway, that, that would take us down like 30 minutes of, a trail. And I definitely want to like continue, continue the journey here, but yeah, the, the whole 24 seven, like working together thing, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are like high on the quality time. If you've ever done like the five love languages, that's, that, that would probably be important. <laughs> that's, that's definitely high on one of our lists. Yes. We, we, right. we've recently retaken that test and discovered like, yeah, nothing much changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, cool. Well, so, so you did the first project and then you said you went out and started hunting for more of those types of projects. Like what did that process look like? I know you're getting some of the referrals from like the builder and stuff, but is that where most of the business came from or were you guys actively like trying to Uh, find that work? No, we were actively trying to find the work, but it really came down to just kind of letting people know. And it, the whole idea of just answer the phone is 100% what built the business for us. It's it's insane that there there's so many, I mean, I went on a sales call yesterday with a guy who said, yeah, I've called probably 10 builders. You're the first one to show up at my house in the last week. Incredible. And I'm, I know. And I'm just going, it's Still, so to easy day. to succeed, right? <laughs> to this day. I mean, in this economy. So all that to say, we, we put it out there. We have a couple of, of real close friends who are real high performing realtors. And so when they found out, they started working with us. And then when they saw the kind of work we produced, they started referring us. So 90% of our work is and has been referrals. And that's been fantastic. I mean, and we're obviously talking with you about changing that, but it, it has served us to a point, which has been great. 
but really the first thing was once once the referral started coming in just answering the damn phone it's so easy to do it's yeah. so easy that's awesome yeah keep it keep it simple don't overthink yeah. it uh, deliver yeah. a good experience all the way through no i love it Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Talk to me about maybe some of the things that you found that are super rewarding about building a business. Cause I know like there's lots of challenges and I'll, I'll kind of peck you for some of those. Like I want to figure out what those are, but what have been maybe the top one or two things that you're just, you look back at the last seven years and you're going, yeah, this is like really meaningful or yeah, you just get a lot of in- intrinsic value out of. Sure. We, I mean, for us as a company, we, this is how we, we vet our employees and, or, you know, in, in the recruiting, everything is it's all about the transformation. Like none of us are all that interested in doing the toilet swap because it's, I mean, Hey, we're not plumbers, but that's my, there's my (laughs) example. We want to see a transformation. I want, this sounds shallow, but I want good photos. You know, I want to walk into, walk into a, a room and go, wow. Yeah, this is super outdated. And here's, here's all the great things we can do for you. We talk about budget, all the rest of it. And then X weeks later, come back and go, this is completely different. And we kind of realized, so our office staff has not had a great opportunity to do that. So we've tried to make it a point that on punch list day, we'll get our office staff out there and onto the job, helping with the punch list. And they can all go, wow. I mean, they built this. They built this all on paper. They didn't swing the hammers, but they built this. And it's been really meaningful for them to see that process, that changeover as well. So the transformation is the most rewarding part for us, us personally and us as a company. And then for me personally, the transformation of the company, I mean, going from, it was, we had three or four of us working out of my, literally my house. I mean, guys were showing up every day and parking in my driveway. And then we had a couple of people in the office, a couple of people out in the field, and I don't live in a very large house. So it was getting pretty crowded pretty fast. And since then we've moved into a bigger office and like an office space. And that's been awesome to see that transformation. We're actually working on remodeling that now. So it, it's more welcoming because it, it's an old bank. Like there's still teller stands up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, switch, switch the design up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So watching the transformation of the company and then by a wide margin for me, the, the thing that gets me going even over and above the remodeling portion of it is developing people is mm-hmm. we're working to, to, you know, get the right people on the bus and then working to develop those people. We work really closely with all of our guys to, to put a development plan in place every 90 days. So they have targets to hit. They know how to get, you know, their income targets, their personal development, things like that. It's huge for us to focus on making people better. This isn't just somewhere you come from nine to five because you spend 40 hours of your week here. 
at, at your job every day, you know, you should be, that company should be buying into you as much as you're buying into the company. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We have a saying here that basically from the time you show up and you fast forward 12 months, like you should be a different person, like because yep. of the personal growth. And and if that isn't the case, then we're doing something wrong. So I, uh-huh. yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's a, I mean, we all have stuff to work on with ourselves, like, but it is super rewarding to see when you can show somebody the path of like, you're here and let's get you to the next level and like, give them the tools, the support and the, and the guidelines, and then let them just go chase it and get after it. So yeah, that's awesome. What do you think has surprised you the most about being an entrepreneur, being in business for yourself? Things that have surprised me the most has hands down been people who don't follow through. The amount of people who don't follow through and they're still in business. Mm. I, I can't figure I mean, we've had, you know, we've had ups and downs as a company. We've had times where we're struggling. We're kind of going, oh, shoot, payrolls on Friday. What are we going to do? And I think we're doing a bunch of stuff right. Like I said, we're answering the phone, stupid, basic stuff. You know, I've got CPA we worked with years ago who in the interview, everything went great. I asked all the questions and everything, you know, it was a very great interview. And then the minute we started handing off things to get done, it, nothing was. It was just, and I'm going, how, how are you have offices? You need to get paid. Like, how are you <laughs> operating like this? So that's been, that's been the most surprising thing is realizing what it takes to run a business. And on my end, how hard we work to keep the business running smoothly, growing, doing what, I, what, you know, getting to where we wanted to go. And then finding out there's other people that can somehow just skate. And I don't understand it. Who's paying their rent, man? <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It's, I don't have the answer for you, for you on that one. <laughs> well, what do you think, aside from like answering the phones and doing the simple stuff, like what do you think makes you guys unique in like your local market area? Have you found um, that you're like developing a, a niche or things that people are saying after they work with you or yeah, what's your USP, so, so to speak? Sure. The the big one for us started out as trying to make the remodeling experience as pleasant as possible. Cause I mean, no matter what we've all done remodels, like they're not fun. You've got a bunch of strangers in your house. There's music, it's loud, there's dust, there's disruption. It's horrible. And you're usually losing either your master bathroom or your kitchen. You're losing a critical part of your home. <laughs> and so we worked really hard and we, we invested a bunch of money in air filters and you know temporary walls, like isolation measures to make sure that the home is as livable as possible. And then at the end of every project, we have a professional cleaner come in, do all the cleaning, make sure everything's better than we found it. And that that has been critical because we've kind of discovered first-time remodelers are really worried about quality. Mm. Even though they don't, they might not even know what quality means, but they're worried about quality. Yep, second, it matters. <laughs> it matters, it does. But second-time remodelers are worried about the experience. And yeah. so in the sales call, we always follow up, you ask it the follow-up question of, Hey, how many remodels have you done? And when they say none, then I know I launch into why we're why we're a good quality fit. And when they say any, I've said, okay, great. Dust sucks, right? And and noise and all the rest of it, that sucks, right? You don't know what's what's going on. And so we we go into our process of here's how we keep it clean. Here's here's, you know, we've got a dedicated project manager. He will be here every day. And if he's not here every day because you got nothing going on this Thursday, no plumbers, whatever, then he will call you, he will text you, he will email you like. We're big on communication with the customers, big on making sure the homes are clean and livable. And then when we leave, everything's everything's better than we found it. There, and we if we don't get it right, we make it right. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, people can feel that because yeah, that's an interesting. I've never heard it described that way. I mean, we all know remodeling's you know tough experience to go through, you know, especially on the client side, but the the first time remodelers focus on quality and then the, the multiple times focus on the experience. 
because they've they've gone through it and they know it. And so yeah, the the first time remodelers they care about experience, but they just don't know it yet. <laughs> so, yep, yep. They'll remember that bad experience if they have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, have you had any like weird or wacky like client stories or weird projects or anything like that come up over the years? Things that you can yeah. share. Yeah, I mean, I've, no, I've been doing it long enough that you almost have to have, you know, yeah. we've, I've done a couple of secret passageway homes, you know, where you, you pull the book out of the shelf and things slide open. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the, the kitchen island slides forward, like the whole grin, the whole stone slab slides forward and there's stairs down the island into a basement and mm-hmm. done a few panic rooms. Yeah, there, we've done a bunch of a bunch of wild stuff and then quirky stories. I mean, I've I've seen more old ladies in their underwear than any person should ever want to because you know you show up at 8 a.m. and work's ready to start and you know you knock on somebody's door like hey just letting you know we're here and we're gonna get started and that door opens up and there they are there you go so, yeah and oh God, I mean yeah I'm sure if I'm mine deep enough in my brain I could come up with a mile of different stories but you do it long enough you spend enough time you're in other people's homes like they're living there and we show up between 7 and 8 a.m. so you get people at their arguably at their best and at their worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, if you think of, uh, as we were talking, if you think of something specific that's really hitting you over the head <laughs> that, that you shared, then just flag me down. But uh, do. what what do you think of the future of the business looks like? Where are you guys trying to go over the next three to five years? You said you're the visionary. So I'm very interested to hear like what, the, what that picture looks like. Sure. So my vision versus what my wife's ideas and our <laughs> our, our financial guys ideas are completely different. But no, I, I would like to you know max out our our market in our area, figure out what that top is for us in terms of, of total revenue. And then we'd really like to start some vertical companies because again, there's we have such a hard time finding whoever it is this week, that tile guy this week, that plumber next week, whatever it is. I'd like to start some vertical companies to supplement both supplement our remodeling work and fill a need in the building industry in our area because it's so difficult to find that sheetrocker who will show up the day he says he will and call you back or whatever. And I'm not singling anyone out of our subcontractors. I'm just sure. pick a trade. We've had a problem with it at some point in our history. Yeah. So seeing seeing that and then we've we've got a plan, longer term plans, the the big hairy audacious goal plans of doing we I'd like to do a business park. So buy and develop a business park where we would have our own office space. We could lease out office space to other other subcontractors that we would work with, for example. I mean, cool. Like a like a tile shop or a glass company or something where they've got show they need showroom space. Mm-hmm. You know, and then a, a giant yard in back where we where rigs could get parked and and shop space, that kind of thing. So having all that available to make it, we my wife worked at Disney when she was right out of high school. And then growing up, my mom worked at Disney. And so we both kind of have that in our blood. And I said, I'd like to make it the Disneyland of of remodeling and building, like just make it a, a consistent, positive experience all the way through. Because like you go that. to Disneyland, you know exactly what you're getting. You know, you're going to enjoy it almost no matter what. And I'd like to make, repeat that for this this business park remodeling idea we have. That's super cool. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious, do you have any sense of what the first like vertical would be? Or is that just like gotta see, you know, down the road what what that would be? I mean, I would like to go with the the tile and finish work direction because we already have all those tools. We could outfit a service van tomorrow with everything we need except the human. So sure. <laughs> that that would be my first go-to to test out the the waters on that idea, kind of you know, fire bullets before cannonballs, that would be an easy bullet to fire and see, see how that worked out. And then if that does work out well, then expand that to max market and move on to the next thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, cool. Well then uh, in terms of like overall industry, what do you feel like are one or two big challenges that we, we all need to be rallying around here to, to fix? The permitting process. Mm-hmm. And I know th- there's yeah. not a county or a city in the entire country where somebody's going, it's super easy. <laughs> like, I don't care where you live. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. I talked to a lot of people. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. our the permitting process, and I mean, I know that's like a state level, get involved in politics kind of a thing, but changing that so that it's friendly to the consumer, friendly to the builder, friendly. And I'm not saying make it make it a cakewalk so anyone can build anything, but the amount of work it takes to build an ADU or a even like a mother-in-law apartment in a garage in our county is absurd. Like the amount of permits required, the amount of, I've got to do stormwater tests for a roof I'm not even building kind of a thing, you know? And so altering and changing, streamlining that whole thing, which I know, then we get into streamlining government and I, I give up. You know? yeah, scrap that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah move, move on. That and I would say the qualifying and qualifications to become a tradesman or a builder or whatever, because for me, it was it was $200. So that, that I, $200 later, I'm a general contractor. Zero, zero qualifi- qualifiers to make me a general contractor. Went in, paid the money, got my certificate. That was it. So I could be... I've had a lot of people tell me like, well, you know, I am a general contractor and I've gone, all right, so you had 200 bucks. So what have you been doing though? That's like being a business owner. So you had a couple hundred dollars, you wrote your secretary of state. Now you're a business owner. Congratulations. It, th- there's a lot more that goes into it than having the certificate. I would like to see something that would qualify people in or out or anything. And I know a lot of states do do that. Washington state does not. You you literally go in, pay your money and you're a general contractor, you're a plumber, you're whatever you are. Yeah. So I would like to see something to really in, in protection of the homeowners and in defense of the homeowners because we have followed a lot of you know shady contractors and had homeowners say, yeah, I gave him $10,000 to start and he came in, wrecked my house and I never saw him again. And I feel terrible for these people. Like, you know, your heart goes out to them because what do you, I can't take $10,000 off my price, No, but it's, it's, it's an expensive lesson to learn. Yep. Yeah. My wife actually sees a lot of that because she works at the DA's office downtown where, where we are. And she was in the economic crimes division for a while. And so she would see a ton of contractor take deposit just takes off. And yep. you know, it's like, <sighs> I mean, it's tough because they're usually broke. And so what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to be able to get the money back or you know, can't track them down because they just move somewhere else. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's sad to see that's yeah. I, I hadn't actually heard anyone bring that one up of just like raising the requirements and qualifications around what it takes to get into the profession mm-hmm. and start. And yeah, I like it. Good idea. Well, I guess Tyson, anything like that you would want to wrap up with in terms of like final words of wisdom or piece of advice for other remodelers out there listening to this? I mean, for other remodelers, keep your sites clean, walk your sites every day. I mean, be, be in front of your customers, answer the phone. Right now I'm almost answer the phone because you'll make money. You know, you want to make more money, answer the phone. It's not tough. Call people back, do what you say you're going to do. And I mean, for growth, people who want to grow, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys out there who it's, you know, it's them and a helper and they're happy that way. They're making their money. That's awesome. If you want to grow beyond that, track and document what you do on a daily basis. Like start building systems and processes now because I did not do that. And we are up to our eyeballs right now writing those systems and processes because we're bringing a lot of people on board. We're hiring a lot of people right now. And I'm hiring people going, oh shit, I don't have a system to follow up with the customers. Like, you know, you're supposed to follow up, but you're supposed to follow up today, tomorrow, next week. And so just simple stuff that it's all in my head. I know how to do all of it. 
or like my estimator knows how to do all of it, but we're, we're hiring, we're moving our estimator up because of the roadmaps we talked about and hiring someone to replace him. And in replacing him, I'm going, so how do you do that thing? And he <laughs> goes, I know how I got to write it down. So save yourself time, document everything you're doing now, because you're going to scale much smoother, much easier. You're going to like learn from my mistakes. I've made all of them. So learn from my mistakes and document your processes. And even if you think it's not a process, just record yourself doing it. I have voice notes app on my phone. I'll record myself doing stuff all the time just so I can capture those processes and write it down later. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so true. And as you were talking about it, I was, I was having this internal battle with myself going, it's great advice because you should do it. If you're like me, you're a procrastinator. Like I'm a visionary too. So I struggle with the little details and that would fit into that bucket perfectly. And so for me, I would just go, well, we'll bring them on. And then suddenly now I have a deadline (laughs) and it it forces me to do all the, but that's not, probably not the best way to do it. So I, I think I cave to to your advice, which is very sound. And like, if you if you are doing something, especially if it's repeatable daily, weekly, monthly, like get it on paper, get it on audio, get it on video, get it on something. So yeah, yeah, good advice. Well, Tyson, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing your story with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking taking the time. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month, we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.